Amen. I'm excited to be here, and I want to thank Elder Cox um, for your kind words and for your encouragement and for this opportunity. Um, it's funny, you said something that I wanted to say. Uh, uh, people, you know, uh, people, and they say, you know, well, can she preach? Well, can she this? Well, can she that? And, you know, it was funny because as I was sitting talking to you, nervous as can be, um, I was thinking to myself, well, listen, I hope they know. That, you know, I mean, I could, you know, I can do a little something, but I mean, I'm coming to pastor with Myron Edmonds, so I hope they don't think that, you know, that I'm, you know, preaching like he's preaching out here. You know what I'm saying? I said, well, you know, I, he said something to me as we were talking. You said, um, we want to bring you on because we realize that you're passionate about saving souls. And it was in that moment that I realized <laughs> this is God. This is, is, is not an ordinary conference. There's something special about what you're doing and where you're trying to go for you to come to me and say that you want to hire me because I'm passionate about saving souls. Not concerned about whether I can preach and whether I'm married and on and on and on. But you're concerned. <laughs> you're concerned about the fact of what are you passionate about? And I, I remember talking to you and I, I was telling you, you asked me a question. I don't remember the question. My answer was, listen, I have a by any means necessary philosophy. Well, what does that mean? I said, well, I work on a campus. So my, my job, they think, they, they thought uh, my job was from 9 to 5. However, I have a 24-7 job. So when one of my students calls me in the middle of the night talking about they need medicine and they need to go to CVS, and I roll out of my bed because I realize it's not really about the medicine, but it's about them realizing that, listen, I'm here for you. Listen, I love you. And it's the Christ in me that's going to make me roll up and get out of my bed. Not that I'm happy. Not that I'm smiling, but we're going to go and we're going to get your medicine that's so that you are okay. And that's what I mean by a, by any means necessary type of ministry. And I'm excited to be here today because I realize that we share some of the same qualities. I'm excited about grace to Euclid and I'm excited about the outreach that we're doing in this church and where we're moving. I want to also thank my parents and my friends and the supporters and the surprises, faces, surprising faces that I see here. I thank you so much um, for supporting me. And yet again, Pastor Edmonds and your family, I'm excited to be here with you all. And I'm excited about what God's going to do today. Uh, one more thing I'm going to tell you about me, and then we're going to get in this word, and then we're going to go and have some food. Amen? Amen. Um, one more thing. I, 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 I'm very honest. I'm very honest, and um, I mean, you know, I'm going to say what comes to mind sometimes. You know, sometimes it might get me in trouble. Sometimes it might be good. And uh, I was talking to one of my colleagues back at the university, and I, I said, well, listen, I don't know. I said, I'm a little, you know, I, I, I'm a little scared because I can only be me. I, that, I can only be me. And the person that I am, I'm not, I'm not going to try to be anybody else. So I can only be me. And that's who I'm going to go there to be. And she said, that's, that's what we love about you, Regina. I said, yeah, but I'm leaving here. <laughs> I said, I mean, I don't know how it's going to get when I get there. And, you know, she said, well, they are there with Pastor Edmonds, and he, he seems to be the same way. He, he seems to say, say what's on his mind. <laughs> so I, I'm excited about the fact that, but I just want to let you know that I'm going to be honest. And as I'm being honest, I'm going to say this now, that the word God gave me for today I didn't want to preach it. God said, listen, this is what I want you to talk about. I said, mm, 
I don't know about that one, God. Are, are you sure? Because, God, it's, it's the installation. I mean, you know, you have people flying in from California. People drove from Maryland, from Huntsville. Everybody's watching online. Everybody wants to see who this girl is who looks pretty on the flyer. Listen, everybody wants to see what all this hype is about, <laughs> who's been all these shares. Listen, everybody wants to see what's the hype about. So I got to show up. I mean, I can't just come in here. I mean, you know logically, what seems to be right would mean me going to my iPad and pulling up the sermon that worked before. You know, you know, the ones that, I, that I've already done, the one that people have already stood up and said amen to, <laughs> the one that I know for sure is going to be good. But this is why I want to tell you that I'm honest, that as I stand here and whenever I stand here, I just want it to be clear from now on that I'm going to just give you what God gave me. <laughs> I'm going to give you what God gave me. And that's the only reason that I feel like I can stand next to this guy who's a beast when he's preaching is because I'm just going to give you what God gave me. So t- today we're going to talk about Esther. I don't want to talk about Esther. Why? I said, well, we have all this thing. She's a woman and all this. And she chooses to talk about a woman. I said, oh, that seems kind of cliche, God. I don't want to go cliche. But God said, listen, this is what you're going to talk about. And, um, Candace confirmed it when she started, and she said, for such a time as this, and she said, I said, God said, I told you so. I said, all right, God, let's do it. So we won't be here long, but I'm asking that you would turn with me and your Bibles to Esther. We're going to be coming from chapter 4. We're going to be starting at verse 8. All right. It reads, Mordecai gave Hatach a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hatach to show it to Esther and explain the situation to her. He also asked Hatach to direct her to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. So Hatach returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told Hatach to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for, if the king has not And the king has not called for me to come for him for 30 days. So Hatach gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther has ordered him. Okay, listen, so let's back up. We have Queen Esther. We kind of all probably heard a little bit about her. And um, Esther is now 
there. We have King, um, has, King Xerxes, all right? So King Xerxes is there, and he, he, uh, he gets drunk, all right? He had some issues. He had, he had some fun, all right? He had some fun, and for some reason he's drunk. He, 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 he calls for the queen, and the queen that's there before Esther, she decides she's not going to come. All right. She says she's not coming. And now the king says, listen, uh, bring my queen. She says, no, I'm not coming. And so now they say, listen, we'll banish her. So now he wakes up one day and he realizes, listen, he has no queen. So he says, listen, we need to find a queen. So they go through the city. They're looking for a queen. And they say that Esther was beautiful. They say that Esther was, you know, she was great. She was rich. And, and they go through and they go through a long line of different things, trying to figure out who is going to be the queen. Now, there's a lot of young women in the, in, the, in the kingdom, all right? But yet, Esther is the one who gets chosen, all right? So now, Esther is chosen. Now, I'm not going to say that God had anything to do with that, but Esther gets chosen out of all the other young women. So now, Esther is there. And so, uh, Mordecai and Haman, this is a really good story, uh, uh, but we don't have time to really talk too much about all the different things, because I would love to just talk about Haman for a little bit, because he was so messed up. He was messed up. So we have Haman there, and Haman now did not like Mordecai, who was the one who had took Esther in, okay? So Haman and Mordecai, mercy, I'm messing up. Here we go. Stick with me. So Mordecai, <laughs> Mordecai and Esther our relatives, all right? So now Haman convinces the king, we need to kill the Jews, all right? And so now Esther is in a place where Esther is in the palace. Esther is the queen, all right? But the king does not know that she's a Jew. Are we with me? I know I'm mixing it up a little bit. Y'all with me? All right. So now Esther's there, and we have a, a, a Haman who gets mad at Mordecai now. Haman, who gets mad at Mordecai, and he gets the king to, to have this decree that says, listen, they're going to kill all the Jews. We're all together? All right. So now that we have that, he says we're going to kill all the Jews. And so now uh, they're in a place where they're trying to figure out, well, what do we do? Now, Esther is in a place of some power. Esther is in a place of some power. So it's like, well, what do we do? Now, Mordecai says, listen, I'm going to reach out to Esther to see what she can't do for our people. And so he goes to Esther and he says, listen, listen, Esther, uh, you're, 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 in, you're in the kingdom there. You're in the palace. I need you to go ahead and go talk to the king. And she's like, listen, listen, listen. Um, I don't know if you realize, but if I go talk to the king, there's a possibility that that, 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 that might not work out. All right. Now, if he doesn't, he doesn't give me the scepter, then I'm going to have some issues. And, and she gives him some excuses. Amen. Excuses. She gives him an excuse. Now, needless to say, her excuse was kind of valid. Like, you know, it would seem like, well, listen, you want me to go die for you? Is that what you're saying? You know, I, it's kind of a valid excuse. But when it comes to doing something that God has asked you to do, there's not really any valid excuse. Okay. So she gives Mordecai the excuse, and, 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 and she, he, he sends back this message. And this was the part that kind of got to me. He sent back this reply. He said, don't you, Esther, think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. Listen, what he's saying is, listen, don't think that just because God blessed you, don't think that just because he elevated you, don't think that just because now you have a little money, now that you're better than the rest of us. Because the, the thing is, 
uh, even though God blesses you, that doesn't mean that your reality changes. Even though God blessed Esther, the reality was, and at the end of the day, she was still a Jew. So he goes on to say, listen, uh, don't think that it will escape you. Uh, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. Listen, what he's saying is, all right, listen, um, you were put here. Now you have this opportunity to be used. But if you choose not to, God is still going to do what he needs to do. Don't get too high thinking that it's contingent on you, all right? Because God is still going to succeed. Now, you're a part of his plan, but that doesn't mean that he's still not going to deliver his people. And so he tells her, listen, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. (laughs) What God is trying to tell us today, right now, is don't think for a moment that just because God has blessed you, don't think just because you might have got that job or you, you, you have a few dollars in your pocket or, 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 or things are working out or, 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 or they just made you the pastor and you're the first one. Listen, don't think that just because God has blessed you, it changes your reality. And the thing that we all have in common is that the reality of everybody in here is that we're all sinners. All have sinned. (laughs) The reality is that we're all sinners. So just because God has blessed you does not mean that your reality has changed. Let me break it down. Just because God blessed you, it doesn't mean that you're not still a sinner. And just pause right there. We take a little sidebar. When I think about blessings and how we talk about blessings sometimes, a lot of times we look at blessings and we say, well, yeah, you got money, so you're blessed. You, you got a good job, so you're blessed. You, you, you dressed nice today, so you have some clothes in your closet, so you're blessed. But the reality of that is that we are all blessed. Because, you see, God blesses us with what he knows that we need. Because, see, some of us, if he gave us money, it wouldn't be a blessing. Because we couldn't handle that. So it's not that he has not blessed you. I need to help somebody. You need to look at your situation and realize that, listen, where you are right now is God blessing you because God is just trying to save you. God is just trying to save you. So even though it might not look like a blessing in human eyes, it might not look like a blessing to you, the reality is that it's a blessing because he knows what you need. He knows where you need to be, when you need to be there. So we go back and we say, well, listen, God is saying, listen, even if I've blessed you, which is all of us, we're all blessed, amen? Even if I have blessed you, that does not change your reality. 
And so now Esther is in this situation. She's in this, she's in this place where she's saying, listen, uh, uh, I'm here and I see this blessing that it looked like God had blessed me. He has elevated me. He blessed me and now y'all, he wants to bless me so that I can go and die. It seems, are you sure that's God? Are you sure? So now Esther's saying, listen, Mordecai, okay, I I hear you. I hear you. So she says, listen, we're going to pray. We're going to fast and pray. Three days, three nights, we're going to fast and pray. Some of us, (laughs) we, we, we see the situation that God has put us in and the next thing we do is either we move or we say no. But see, Esther didn't say, Mordecai, no. Esther didn't say, okay, Mordecai, I'm going tomorrow. Esther said, wait, just let me, just, let me have some time just to consult God. Let me, just, let, me just, let me just make sure this is what he wants me to do. Let me make sure he has everything set up. Maybe make sure I give him time to work on the king's heart. <laughs> let me give God time to soften up his heart so that he's going to stretch out that scepter to me. God... Esther said, wait a minute, let's, let's take some time to consult God. And some of our problems are, we don't take that time to consult God. We hear something and we go, mm, I don't think that's what God wants me to do. That or we, 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 we hear God telling us and then we stuck saying, well, I'm waiting for God to show me a sign. Uh, um, I'm not too sure if that's what, that's what, that's what I'm supposed to do. But have you asked him? Did you, did you talk to him about it? Have, have you spent any time in prayer? And some of us, are, listen, we're just so confused. Listen, we're just so confused. We know we have a purpose for our lives because everybody keeps telling you, you got a purpose. That's all you hear. You have a purpose. God made you for a purpose. God formed you. And you can't figure out exactly what that purpose is. And let me show you that you can't figure it out why it is because you haven't taken the time to spend with God trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? Why do you have me here? What are you trying to do with my life? So what we need to learn from Esther is that it's not always about moving immediately. It's about listening, hearing what God is asking you to do, and then saying, okay, God, let's talk about it. Sometimes he answers you quickly. Sometimes he takes forever. Sometimes he's annoying with his responses. God, do you hear me? But a lot of times he's talking to us, but we're not listening. He's telling us, but we're still waiting for that sign, even though deep down in your heart you already know he has already told you exactly the move that you need to make. And so finally, Esther now, she goes and she says, I'm ready to move. Three days, three nights, God told me to go. I'm going. It's a very simple point. Some of us, have heard, we, we spent the time in prayer, we know what we're supposed to do, we, 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 you know, we've consulted, we went back and forth, we figured things out, but the simple thing that Esther did was that she moved. She moved. What did she do? 
She moved. She moved. The simple thing, because I'm almost done, the simple thing that God is telling you is that it's time to move. <laughs> it's time to move. She spent three days, three nights in prayer. Listen, she, she, she heard from God. She waited till she heard what God had to say, and then she took her action. She moved. She moved. She moved. I know it sounds simple, and I know I'm supposed to be saying something more, but she moved. She moved. We need to realize, just like in that situation with Esther, listen, that God has set us up. He has set us up in a, in a, in a, in a situation where we're blessed. He blesses you. I don't care if you think you're blessed or not. He has blessed you. Let me tell you why. Because whatever you're going through right now, wherever you're at in life, no matter, I mean, whatever. I mean, if you're like, everything's messed up. Whatever it is, he's still blessing you. And let me tell you, he knows that you need to be where you need to be because he's just trying to save you. He's just trying to save you. So it's a blessing that you are where you are right now, even though it makes no sense to you. He blesses Esther. He's blessed you. Then he reminds all right. He reminds her, listen, just because I blessed you, just because I set you up in a nice little spot where I know you can be saved. All right. Because had Esther not been there, she wouldn't have had the opportunity to save herself. But see, God has set you up. No matter whether it looks like it's good or it looks like it's bad, he has set you up in a place. For you to save yourself. And so now you're set up in this situation. And God is saying listen. (laughs) Your reality. Cannot. What I say cannot. Can. Can. Cannot be changed. Just because of these blessings. The only way. The only way. The only way. Your reality can be changed. Is by my grace. Because realize, the situation is set up like that because he's showing you his grace. He's showing you his grace because he said, listen, I'm going to set you up right here. I know this is the problem, and I know you can't see your way out. But I've already saw that, so it's my grace that has covered all of this so that you have the opportunity to save yourself. And realize you're not really saving yourself because God already did the saving. You're just more so accepting the grace that he's already offered. So now we're at a place where I'm done. I don't believe I need to be up here too long. I don't know how long I've been up here. But you're blessed. God has you where he wants you. Because he's trying to save you. Now, (laughs) he set it up. Hear me. He set it up. What did he do? He set it up. He set it up. But even though he set it up, your reality is still there. And the reality is that you're a sinner. He set it up, but you're still a sinner. 
And God is saying, listen, I set it up so that you can move. And once you move, I'll be able to change your reality. Once you move, I'll be able to change what nobody else can change. Esther was a Jew. Nobody else could change that. That's not something that's changeable. Reality is something that it, it, it can't be changed. It was her identity. She could not change it. We are sinners. We were born into sin and nobody else can change that. But God is saying, listen, I'm not like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying, listen, I'm not your average Joe that you find. He's saying, listen, I'm not like everybody else. I want to change it. I set it up. I set it up. Now you got to move. I'm done. (laughs) I set it up. Now you got to move. I told you I didn't want to talk about this, but I know that God has some specific people in here that he set some things up for. And you know he set some things up for you. You know he's been talking to you. You know he told you some things that he wanted you to do. You know it. And there there are a few types of people. Some of us, (laughs) we spend so much time praying about it, waiting for a sign, waiting to feel like it's right, waiting for somebody to walk by and for their hair to blow. Look, we're waiting for something from God. And God is saying, listen, Move. I've already told you. Some of us, we've heard from God, but we're not sure and we haven't taken that time to really seek him. We haven't spent the time in prayer. We skipped that three-day process. We just, we just skipped it and we have not taken that time. So the appeal, the appeal right now is, listen, somebody in here needs to move. God asked you to do something. And even now, you know what he's asked you to do. And you're saying today, listen, God, I know what you've asked me to do. I just want to come saying, listen, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Right now, I'm not asking you to be baptized. I'm not asking you for that just yet. I'm asking you to say, listen, God, I know I hear you. You're telling me something. I've already prayed about it. And you want me to move. And I'm saying today, listen, God, I'm done playing the fool. I'm going to move. Because I'm wasting time. Others need to say, listen, God, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is you want me to do, but I'm not sure. And today you realize, listen, I got to put a little more prayer behind that. I got to put some seeking behind that. I'm trying to figure out where you want me to go. And I'm, 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 I'm standing here and I'm saying, listen, God, I don't know. But have you truly, sincerely spent the time asking him? So if you want to take that stand today, I'm going to ask you just to come down. Simply saying, God, I hear you. I'm ready to move. God, you set it up. I'm ready to move. And the problem, as he's singing this song, many of us don't trust. We don't trust God. Had Esther not looked at her situation and said, listen, I see where I'm at and this looks kind of dim, 
But I trust that the God that I serve wouldn't set me up. He wouldn't set it up for me to fail. God doesn't set us up to fail. Listen, he sets it up. He sets it up for you to succeed. He sets it up for you to win. So somebody doesn't want to move because you're scared and you don't trust God. And so today we're just saying, listen, trust him. Trust him. Move and say, God, I trust you. I would be remiss if I didn't point out the fact that, yes, some of us just need to make the decisions that God has asked us to do in life. And somebody, God is saying, listen, you need to be baptized. Listen, you, 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 you know you just need to give me your whole heart. You need to give me your whole life. You've been giving me a little bit. You've been, you know, coming to church. You came to the tent. And, and, and this seems kind of nice. But today you're saying, listen, God, I'm ready to come completely. I'm ready to give you my everything. I'm ready to stop being scared. I'm going to trust you. Uh, you're saying, God, I'm going to trust you. So if there's someone here who feels like they need to be baptized, you're wrestling now, God is telling you, listen, move. I've already set it up. All you got to do is move. 